Welcome to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast, a podcast covering your favorite crew featuring Peter and David Go. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. Today it will be the third installment of our series previewing the Brewers Ball Club. We will have catchers and infielders on the docket for today. So we'll be taking a look at each of those players that are on the 60-man player pool and could figure to play an impact in the 2020 season. Omar Narvaez, Manny Pena catching, guys like Smoke, Morrison, Hura, among others. So I'm really excited for this episode. I hope you guys all are too. And thanks again for tuning in. Again, make sure to check out our blog. It is on our website at bleedingblueandyellow.wordpress.com. So when you go there, just click the blog section and there are a number of articles that are up. I have one previewing the Brewers roster for 2020. I have one previewing the MLB season as a whole. I have one about Roy Halladay that is kind of a, a sneak preview at a series that I will be running this off season. And then I have one that actually I just recently put up this past week and it is analyzing Corbin Burns. Burns is one of the more intriguing arms the Brewers have. He had an extremely down year last year. However, he might have the most talented arm of any brewer right now, and there are big things in store for Burns, I believe, but how will he be able to accomplish them, and will he be able to accomplish them and have immediate success this year remains to be seen. I break that down a little bit in the article, so be sure to check that out. Again, bleedingblueandyellow.wordpress.com, and then just click on that blog section right when you get to the website. So we're going to go ahead and get started right away. Today we will be talking about, like I said, catchers and infielders, so we will be starting with the catching core, and the Brewers will have presumably four catchers that could make an impact, so there likely will be two catchers on the active roster. However, there is a stipulation that a number of players will travel with the team when they're on the road, and so those players will not be on the active roster. However, if a player contracts COVID-19 or if he gets hurt, the Brewers will have another guy there that they can slot in, and so that player remains to be determined who it will be, and, and, and that will probably vary on the series, on the time. It could be David Freitas, and it could be Jacob Nottingham, but what we do know is that the two primary catchers will be Omar Narvaez and Manny Pena. Narvaez was acquired from Seattle this past offseason. The Brewers acquired him for um, a, a lower-level pitching prospect, and I think a draft pick around the 75th overall. Narvaez comes off a year where he was really one of the best hitting catchers in baseball. His offensive production was extremely close to that of Grindal with the Brewers this year. So it will be interesting to see if Narvaez is able to take that step offensively, stay there, stay like he did the last few years in both Seattle and Chicago. He was with the White Sox previously. And if Narvaez will be able to handle the duties primarily as the catcher and slot into that fifth or sixth spot in the order while producing with the bat. Last season, Narvaez hit 278, 353 on base percentage, 460 slugging. If I'm not mistaken, the only catcher is better than him based on weighted runs created plus, which is an overall hitting statistic measures um, every aspect of hitting, whether it be contact, on base percentage, slugging, based on your extra base hits, just an all-encompassing hitting stat. 
And based on that metric, I believe Narvaez was fourth in the major leagues behind Grindal, Mitch Garver, and Gary Sanchez. Narvaez hopes to be a mainstay behind the plate with the Brewers, and he'll likely actually be splitting time with Manny Pena. Pena, again, a familiar face in Milwaukee. He's been with the crew in some capacity for four years already, and Pena was actually acquired as the player to be named later in the trade that sent Francisco Rodriguez to Detroit. That was back in the offseason following 2015. That was one of David Stern's first trades. Pena is entirely capable of starting if the Brewers needed to, if Narvaez went down with injury. Pena is a slightly below average hitter. However, what he does lack with the bat, he makes up with his defense. His defense is terrific. Narvaez and Pena complement each other very well as a catching group. And it seems like if you combine Narvaez and Pena, you get Grindal, take Narvaez's offense, Pena's defense. Of course, it doesn't work that way. However, we may see a Narvaez-Pena time split with Narvaez getting about maybe three out of five starts. So those two will be the primary catchers in 2020 for the crew. And they do have two other guys that will slot in as, as some depth there. I did mention their names earlier, David Freitas and Jacob Nottingham. David Freitas was acquired from the Mariners as well, but during the season last year. And the interesting thing with Freitas is he actually won the Pacific Coast League batting title in 2019. He hit 387 in the extremely offensively inflated Pacific Coast League. Still, nonetheless, he was the batting champion as a catcher, which is an outstanding achievement, even in AAA. I really do think that Freitas could be a viable backup option at the least if one of those catchers were to go down with injury, and it remains to be seen whether or not we'll see that. But David Freitas, a, a more of a bat-first guy, but he can handle handle the, the glove behind the plate. And then behind Freitas is Jacob Nottingham. Nottingham was one of the prospects acquired in the Chris Davis trade a number of years ago with Oakland that did not turn out very well for the crew, but he's been in the organization for a number of years now. He has been really going between AA and then primarily AAA for four years. He underperformed a little bit in AAA last year at San Antonio. However, hopefully he has, he has figured something out. And I know one thing about Nottingham is that he really struggled with the glove earlier on in his minor league career and over the last two years he's worked extremely hard on trying to improve his defense so what could be a likely explanation for his lackluster offensive numbers last year would be the fact that he was most likely devoting most or all of his time to honing his craft on defense nottingham received great reviews from brewers coaches and other players in spring training as far as his defense apparently it seemed it significantly improved from last season. Hopefully Nottingham will be able to build on that and become at the least, again, a solid backup catcher. And it seems like anything is really a plus at this point. Nottingham is not a blue chip prospect by any means. So David Freitas and Jacob Nottingham will be rounding out the catching core and could very well likely see some time in the major leagues this year. Moving forward to the Brewers' crop of first baseman, we will likely see Justin Smoke getting the bulk of the playing time with Logan Morrison as well being there. He was informed yesterday that he has made the opening day roster. And then Ryan Braun actually 
may very well likely get some playing time at first base. Just some some update and news on the, the injury front with Braun. Braun has been dealing with an issue with his neck, back, and oblique. And so it really seems unlikely that Braun will actually be able to play on opening day. He may start on the injured list. So it remains to be seen exactly what the status of that is and how that might affect the Brewers club. However, we will be talking about Braun more in the Outfielders episode coming up in the next couple of days. And so we will focus most of our time here on Smoke and Morrison. Smoke comes by way of free agency. He was with Toronto last year and for the previous four years actually before that. Smoke was an all-star in just 2017, not too long ago, and even just two years ago, he was essentially an average player. Smoke by no means has no track record, however, he is coming off a down year, but if you take a look deeper into his statistics, his X-weighted on base average was in the 88th percentile of all major leaguers. I believe he was in the top 25 or 30 performers based on X-weighted on base average. So for some context, weighted on base average is an all-encompassing hitting stat as well, kind of like weighted runs created plus, but the big difference there is that it does not include the park adjustment for how hitter or pitcher friendly the park that you are playing in may be. So X-weighted on base then is based off of quality of contact, whereas weighted on base is based just on the results. X-weighted on base is a creation of Baseball Savant from StatCast, and his numbers are really, really quite good there. His X-weighted on base, like I said, was in the 88th percentile. His X-slugging was in the 77th percentile. He walks a pretty good amount. I think that Justin Smoke will be actually one of the Brewers' big surprises in 2020. Unfortunately, he and Logan Morrison will likely be competing for playing time to similar profiles at first base. However, I do think that Smoke will essentially break out once again in 2020 with the Brewers. Also, that short porch out in right field at Miller Park should help the switch hitting Smoke, who will primarily take his at-bats from the left side. And then the other first baseman outside of Braun that figures to get significant playing time is Logan Morrison. Morrison was informed that he would make the opening day roster, and he's coming off of a down year with the Phillies and then a down year also with the Twins in 2018. In 2017, he actually slugged 38 home runs. Morrison is really a similar performer to Smoke over the course of his career. However, he has had a little bit less success as of late. Morrison worked really hard to get himself into better shape. He showed up in pretty good shape in the first rendition of spring training. He really turned some heads in spring down at Maryvale, and it was looking like it was a possibility that he might make the opening day roster. Of course, things ended up getting shut down, but when he came back, he showed up about down about 20 pounds and really with an improved physique, has really impressed in this second spring training, the, the summer camp. And so it will be interesting to see if Smoke maybe gets the majority of the at-bats at DH, especially if Braun is unable to start the year with the ball club. We'll now take a look at some of the other infielders that the Brewers have on their player pool. So we'll be taking a look at the guys who were initially placed on the player pool, the guys who will likely get some sort of playing time at the major league level, starting with Keston Hira at the Keystone at second base. 
Hira burst onto the scene last year. He hit 303 with a 368 on base percentage and a 570 slugging. He hit the ball quite well as well. I believe that his X-weighted on base, like Smoke, was exceptionally good. And I actually think that Hira was better than Smoke in that regard. His hard hit rate was through the roof. I believe that Hira will be able to continue that. However, he did get a little bit lucky with many of the batted balls dropping. While I do expect that to continue to an extent, I don't think that it will continue at the rate that it was. His batting average on balls in play was 402. If you need a little bit of a refresher on, batted average on batting average on balls in play, that is just the number of balls that you put in play that fall for hits. So the average is around 300, and there is some variance based on talent level, but not as much as you might think. For example, Yelich's is usually in the 350 range, whereas a guy like Justin Smoke or Eric Thames might be more in the 270 range typically. And so here I would expect to be right around 340 to 350 based on how hard he hits the ball. However, his 402 mark is likely one that is higher than it really sustainably can be. Moving over to shortstop, Orlando Arcia figures to begin 2020 with the ball club as the starting shortstop. Might not necessarily be the guy that Brewer fans want. He had an atrocious year in 2019. While he was above average defensively at short, his offensive numbers were really lacking. I believe he was actually the worst qualified hitter among all major league hitters, which is not exactly a mark that you would want to have. The thing with Arcia actually is he's fought, he had a year where he was the worst hitter in 2019, but yet he still improved on his 2018. And I guess it's a step in the right direction. However, it seems like in order for Arcia to be a solid contributor, he really needs to be a guy like he, we saw a few years ago when he was a serviceable hitter, at least hitting 277 with an okay walk rate and a little bit of power. We really have not seen that in quite some time now. He really seems to be on the last leg of his long leash in Milwaukee. They brought in Luis Urias to play shortstop to compete with Arcia. However, Urias got off to a slow start as he was rehabbing a, a hand injury, I believe. And so he missed the first iteration of spring training. He well, he is back with the club, he tested positive for COVID-19 not too long ago, so he's a little bit slow to get things going. Urias will likely start the year on that COVID-19 list, and Arcia will then get many of the at-bats at short. I believe that if Arcia continues to struggle, Urias maybe takes a little bit of time to get going, that they could move Sogard over to short. I would be in favor of that. Or they could potentially roll out Brock Holt there on an everyday basis. Both Sogard and Holt are capable of manning the position. And while Sogard is slotted in as one of the primary third basemen along with Jed Jerko, Sogard is perfectly capable of handing short, handling short with a number of other guys being having the ability to play third base. And speaking of Sogard, he had for sure a career year in 2019. He hopes to build off of that. He, he spent time with both Toronto and Tampa Bay. Sogard was 15% above league average as a hitter, and while he did benefit from a pretty good batting average on balls in play and the, the juiced ball with the ball carrying, Sogard still looks to be able to continue some of that success into 2020. Sogard had a, an awful year in 2018 with the Brewers. 
He later revealed that he was going through some more personal issues that have not been revealed, understandably so. However, that likely could be an explanation as to why Sogard so poorly performed in 2018. And in 2017, he was really a, a pretty solid player with the crew. And so it will be interesting to see whether or not Sogard is able to continue that success this year. I believe that he will be. The Brewers believe that he will be or else they would not have given him a contract. And so Eric Sogard could be really a, an X factor in the, the infield as he's capable of handling multiple positions and could end up taking the bulk of the playing time at third base along with Jed Jerko who comes over after a few years in St. Louis and then briefly spending time with the Dodgers last season. Jerko really hopes to forget last year he hit just 174 with little power. Jerko traditionally has been a guy who's at least an above average hitter and can handle the glove a little bit. He's been an average player overall 2016, 17, and 18 with the Cardinals. He has the ability to play first base, second base, and third base. He did make make some uh, some new fans in April when he, during quarantine, posted videos of uh, playing cornhole or bags, however you may call it, and uh, chugging some beer. Clearly will fit in in Milwaukee, and hopefully his bat can fit in in the lineup as well. I believe that he can bounce back. He was dealing with injuries a lot in 2019, and so I think that as a result, his performance faltered. I think that Jed Jerko will have the ability to produce in 2020. And again, if Sogard it has to slide over to shortstop because of a lack of production at that position, Jerko will be able to be capable of playing at third base on an everyday basis. He also mashes left-handed pitching which bodes well for him. Sogard does not hit left-handed pitching very well, creating that platoon. So now we'll take a look at some of the guys who maybe will not figure to be starting in 2020 with the Brewers. However, they could end up getting starting reps should a player get injured or they will be there on the bench either way. So we'll start out with Brock Holt, a guy who comes after seven years in Boston. Brock Holt actually made his big league debut in 2012 with Pittsburgh. I was at the game. I remember they walked him, I think, on four pitches. I remember a fan next to me yelling out, this guy's making his first major league at bat and you can't even throw him a strike. And Holt remembers that. He did speak a little bit about that. And he had a number of solid years with Boston. In 2018, he played a big role in their World Series championship. He became the first player in postseason history to hit for the cycle in a playoff game that came in the ALDS against the Yankees, if I'm not mistaken. Holt is a guy who is decent decent with the bat-to-ball skills. He has pretty good patience. He'll take his walks, but his power is a little bit lacking. Brock Holt, a guy who really could be, again, a, a solid contributor. They have lots of depth. He can play really anywhere, second, short, third, left field, right field. And the Brewers added him late in the offseason. However, he could be one of the bigger signings that the Brewers made. He seems to have fit in well in Milwaukee so far. And like I was saying earlier, if Sogard has to slide over to short, Holt could also slide in at third. Holt can play some shortstop as well if Arcia is unable to handle the position. And Urias is injured for a while or is out with the with the coronavirus 
and Urias comes from San Diego. He was in the trade that brought Eric Lauer over as well, sent Trent Grisham and Zach Davies over to San Diego. Urias is just a year removed from being really one of the top prospects in all of baseball. He was probably the second best shortstop prospect in baseball only to Fernando Tatis Jr. Tatis, of course, being in San Diego as well, did not help Urias. And he, according to scouts, got a little bit home run happy in AAA last year with the ball flying. And so his approach was altered and he was unable to have success when he got back to the major league level. He did receive about 250 plate appearances and did not have much success. However, it seemed like San Diego soured on him a little bit early, and the Brewers may have been able to pick up a steal that could be a mainstay in the lineup. He's a guy who has good bat-to-ball skills, he'll hit for average, he'll walk a lot, and so we will put up high on-base numbers. His power is not great, however, he does have the capability of playing an okay shortstop and a very good second base defensively. Urias could be either a second baseman for a while with the Brewers, if Hura slides over, whether it be to first base or left field or even DH, if the NL adopts the DH long term, Urias could get a lot of playing time at shortstop if Arcia falters. It seems like that seems to be the common theme of our podcast so far. I do think that Arcia could improve upon his 2019. However, it remains to be seen, of course, as the season hasn't started. Urias, though, coming over from San Diego could be a big guy to watch. An interesting story, top prospect, a lot of talent there. Urias, I'm really excited to see him with the Brewers. And we go to a little bit more of the depth guys now. Ryan Healy comes over for, as a free agent from Seattle. Healy is a guy who does not hit for great average, not great on base numbers, but he does have pop in his bat. Healy can play both first base and third base. He started with the Mariners last year. I believe it was at first base primarily, and he was with Oakland previously to that. Healy is more of a depth guy. He'll be able to fill in if the Brewers need him to. However, he's kind of an uninteresting player. His wins above replacement was sub-replacement level in each of the past two years. Last year did not get a whole lot of playing time with both injury and a poor performance. So Ryan Healy will be a guy that, that could be one of the first men up should one of those corner infielders become injured. Mark Mathias came over in a minor deal with Cleveland this past offseason. Mathias has performed at every level of the minor leagues. He is already 26, 25, 26, but Mathias has the capability of, of handling pretty much every position around the diamond. He had a really strong showing defensively in the outfield, and like some of the other guys, his contact, his skills are not bad. His on-base skills are pretty good. His power numbers are not great. Matthias, though, comes with versatility, and he really could fill in if they needed to. Seems like the common theme with the Brewers this year is depth and versatility. Mark Matthias clearly brings both of those, as does Ronnie Rodriguez, who is a waiver claim from Detroit. Rodriguez displayed very good power in his playing time with the Tigers at the major league level last year. However, he lacks the contact and on-base skills a bit like Ryan Healy. Rodriguez does have very good versatility. He can play first, second, and third, and potentially handle a little bit of left field and right field. Ronnie Rodriguez, though, could have an impact with the Brewers. 
could maybe be a late season call up if some guys go down with injury. He's a guy who would be a candidate to be a September call up if there were September call ups. However, there will not be September call ups in 2020. And that brings us to our last guy, Jace Peterson, who, like the other two, comes with with defensive versatility. Peterson actually started with the Braves in the middle infield for a few years in that 2015-2016 time frame. He spent last year with the Orioles, overall underwhelmed. His bat is not great. He is a good defender, though, in the infield, can play even in center field as well. He has in the Brewer summer camp so far. So Jace Peterson is a guy to watch as maybe some depth as well, like we were saying with the other guys, such as Ronnie Rodriguez, Mark Mathias, or Brock Holt. So before we finish, just want to recap some of the, the guys that we went over in this episode of the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. The catching tandem will be Omar Narvaez and Manny Pena with David Freitas and Jacob Nottingham. They're backing them up behind the dish as some depth. And then going around the infield, Justin Smoke figures to be the primary starter at first base. Could get some at bass at DH. Ryan Braun, again, might not be able to play come opening day. Could start the year on the injured list. Logan Morrison also could get some at-bats at both first base and DH after his strong showing in summer camp as well as in, in the first iteration of spring training. Keston Hura, a middle-of-the-order bat. Hura will be one of the Brewers' best hitters in 2020. Arcia will likely start at shortstop once again. He has underperformed over the past couple years and could be at the end of his leash with the Brewers but he will start again with Urias out with COVID-19. Sogard and Jerko look to platoon at third base. Kind of an, an uninspiring group, but could be productive at third base still. And then some of the guys who might be backing up Brock Holt being probably the first guy should someone get hurt. He kind of takes the role of Hernan Perez. He is definitely a better hitter than Hernan Perez. And Holt comes from Boston after a number of successful years there, including a World Series championship in 2018. Holt has pretty good bat-to-ball and on-base skills. And behind him there will be Luis Urias, who could play some at shortstop when he comes back. Could actually be the starter by the end of the year. We do have some more depth versatility guys. Mark Mathias, Ronnie Rodriguez, Jace Peterson. And then, of course, Ryan Healy being that corner infielder that we mentioned earlier. And so these are some of the guys that will be playing in both the infield and catching for the Brewers. Remember to stay tuned for our outfield episode. And before we go, uh, just today is uh, July 20th. And 51 years ago today, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins landed on the moon. Those three, of course being the first ones to do so. In 1964, Alvin Dark was asked about Gaylord Perry's hitting prowess, about potentially seeing if Perry would hit a home run anytime soon, and Alvin Dark exclaimed, yeah, I know, I, Perry's not good with the bat. He's not going to hit a home run probably until after man lands on the moon. And of course, man landing on the moon was such a an anticipated event, but seemed like it would be so far into the future. Man lands on the moon, and 30 minutes later, Gaylord Perry hits his first career home run, being one of the great stories in baseball. Just kind of a, an interesting nugget before we close today. And again, Brewers opening day 
comes this Friday against the Cubs. It will be broadcast live, nationally televised on ESPN at, I believe, 6.10 p.m. The Brewers will be facing off against their, their NL Central rivals, and their home opener will be next week, Friday. However, that one, of course, carries less luster with no fans in attendance. Overall, Major League Baseball opening day starts with Giants-Dodgers and Nationals-Yankees this Thursday. Hard to believe that baseball is finally here starting this week, and I am extremely excited. Couldn't be more excited. I'm glad that you tuned in for this episode in preparation of the Brewer season, and we'll be sure to keep up with the content. We're excited to continue to cover the Brewers even into this shortened season, and we're excited to see the Brewers potentially making another playoff run. Who knows? The season is up for grabs. The Brewers' depth could really play a big role into their success this season. So thank you for all, all for tuning in. I'm really happy that we were able to do this episode, and be sure to stay tuned for the Outfield episode coming in the next couple of days before opening day. Remember to check out the Bleeding Blue and Yellow blog and our website at bleedingblueandyellow.wordpress.com. Thank you for tuning in, and see you again in a couple of days with our next podcast episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. We'd appreciate if you subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Make sure to check out our blog at bleedingblueandyellow.wordpress.com and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Brewers Podcast.